Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up and welcome in live from Freiburg, Maine. Can I wear? I'll wait. Ah, no, I won't. Discover matches all the cash back you earn your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted 99% of the place in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Um, the Bucks won last night. Excuse me. The, the Hawks won last night. 110-88. to 88. It was a game that the Hawks led despite not having Trey Young at the half. The Bucks looked like they woke up at the half. So too did Giannis Antetokounmpo. They cut the lead to single digits several times over. And then while they're down 10, Giannis goes up to block a shot, comes down, lands awkwardly. 
appears to have hurt his knee. He leaves the game. The Hawks promptly go on a 10-0 run, during which time, uh, I I know it was a 15-2 run, but it was 10-0 immediately. Immediately a 10-0 run became a 15-2 run. Mike Budenholzer did not call a timeout until it was a 20-point game, at which point in time the game was effectively over. You don't have Giannis. You're down 20 points. You're on the road. The place is zoo. Even without Trey Young, that's a check, please. So with that series tied at two, we don't know about Trey Young in game five, and we don't know about Giannis heading forward. We obviously hope both of them are okay. But that, of course, sparks up this conversation about the NBA and their need to have a season with a shortened offseason. Now, it should be pointed out several things. One, not every team was in the bubble last year, right? The Hawks, the Warriors, not in the bubble. Not in the bubble. Uh, the Phoenix Suns were in the bubble but didn't play in the playoffs. They were the hottest team in the NBA and just missed the playoffs as they got into the play-in game. So the injuries, which would be wear and tear injuries, really affected teams like Miami, and the Lakers, because they stayed and played the longest. They had the shortest offseason. We could still, though, say that the Lakers only had four returning players from last year's championship team. Now, two of them did, in fact, get hurt. But what happens is, this is, I think, one of the biggest issues in our society we're seeing on the micro level with NBA players. We do not teach accountability. We don't. We don't teach accountability. When Paul George plays poorly, people are too mean about Paul George playing poorly. Like, hey, dude, you want to be a superstar? You're going to have to endure some criticism when you play like crap. That's part of the deal. But the same is true for NBA players. They did not have to play a 72-game season. Matter of fact, many players missed time during the season in order to rest themselves. And if we're totally honest... Giannis landed awkwardly because there was a, a gaggle of people. Trey Young rolled his ankle. Kawhi Leonard, again, uh, he got run in. He got he landed on by an opponent. Kyrie Irving rolled his ankle. Joel Embiid's always hurt. Chris Paul hurt his shoulder in a bizarre injury, and then he had COVID. Donovan Mitchell rolled his ankle. Jamal Murray landed wrong when he went up, uh, when, when he was making a move. So uh, these injuries are not wear and tear injuries. But even if you want to say that it's the, it's the cumulative effect of playing too many basketball games, I will give you two different facts from two different ideas. One is, hey, basketball players play basketball anyway. And though they not, might not play peak intensity NBA basketball, you can get hurt working out in the offseason just like you can get hurt playing an NBA game. Secondly, and maybe this is most importantly, this comes down to accountability. When was the last time you heard an NBA player say, hey, you know what? We're getting, we got some injuries, and maybe it's because of a longer season, a shortened offseason, but mostly that was because we didn't want to take less money. Right? Do you remember the NBA All-Star game this year? I don't because I didn't watch it. But why did it take place? 
because the league needed its money and the players wanted to make all the money that was in their contracts. And the only way to do that was to fulfill it on a Saturday and Sunday in February on TNT. Players can sit here and say all they want about the league, the league, the league, and the greed, the greed, the greed. But the, the real greed is with the NBA players. NBA owners would have made less money had they had fewer games, but those guys are billionaires. The money in, for NBA teams is made on the value of a franchise. You lose money on the day-to-day. So nothing would have changed for them. Who would it have changed for? The players. So the first thing is, these are not wear and tear injuries. You can go through everyone. You can say, well, Anthony Davis pulled a groin and whatever. Like, okay, fine. Anthony Davis's problem is he had plenty of time off because he was hurt. He doesn't take care of his body. But the, the players knew better. Could have sat more. Could have delayed the season. Would have had to take less money. Chose not to do so. And now they're, they're paying their penance. That's really what's happening. They're paying their penance. So when Giannis goes down with an injury, which was a freak injury, wasn't caused by wear and tear, but did do what looks like some sort of damage to the knee, please don't blame Adam Silver, the owners. It's so, it's so lame. I blame owners for a player getting tangled up and landing awkwardly coming down. Okay. Go ahead, Gavin. Two-part question. Do you think LeBron is patting himself on the back again after that injury? And also, how much of an impact has this postseason had on why the guys are choosing not to play in the Olympics and stuff like that? Are they looking at this and and choosing? The Olympics have always been an issue with guys. But remember, it's like a lot of the guys go in the Olympics. You know, Jeremy Grant, uh, Kevin Love, whatever these guys go in. They... They hadn't been playing. They hadn't been playing hoop in a while, anyway. They've had plenty of breaks. So, um, do I think LeBron's patting himself on the back? I guess. But one injuries have decided playoff series for years. We've had that. We've had injuries. To, Mike Conley was injured when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. He got hurt. You know the Lakers when they had their three peat with Kobe and Shaq. People forget Carl Malone got hurt. Rick Fox got hurt. You know the Warriors two years ago. They, they, they lost Kevin Durant to a torn Achilles tendon. They didn't have, um, well, Clay Thompson got hurt game six, right? When he landed awkwardly coming down off of a dunk. They also, it was a kid from, he's from Milwaukee. He just re-signed with him. Yeah, Kayvon Looney was hurt. Remember he like tore a chest muscle. They had a whole litany of injuries. Where were you wearing tear guys back then? This is Mike Budenholzer after the game. We'll take everything as it comes. We'll evaluate it. And um, we've got a heck of a team, a heck of a roster. Um, the guys will be ready to compete and play. Um, you know, that's what it's about. And so, you know, we got a game five. Um, you know, we'll watch the film. We'll prepare. We'll get ready. Uh, the guys love competing. They love playing. That's um, what it's all about. That's Mike Budenholzer, head coach of Milwaukee Bucks. I do think... That just like without Trey Young, the Hawks got a little bump. Wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks get a little bump for a game or two without Giannis. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dennis Krause joins us. Uh, He works for the Bucks Radio Network as their analyst. Uh, We'll get to the Giannis and our expectations for the rest of the series and potentially the rest of the season. But why did you think they were so flat last night coming out? Yeah, that's an impossible question to answer. I mean, I'm sure that the Bucks players would love to know. Um, the only thing I can think of, and this is kind of just a generic answer, but this is a team that plays better when its back is against the wall. They don't necessarily play great in the favorite's role. And having flipped the home court advantage to be up 2-1 and facing a Hawks team without their best player, you'd think most teams would love that situation. But for some odd reason, this team is kind of the opposite. Why do you think that is? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can say, looking back at the last really three years, you know, two of those years where they had the best record in the NBA is that they're just, for whatever reason, they're more comfortable when the target is on somebody else's back. That's why I think they actually thrived in the Brooklyn series because everyone was looking at the big market nets and their superstars, and we all know the injuries that happened. But the Brewers actually liked being in that situation of the, of the underdogs who pulled off the upset. Now they're the team that are expected to dispose of the Hawks, or at least were before the Giannis injury, and uh, we saw the results. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Dennis Krause, Bucks radio analyst. They seemed, again, before the injury, they seemed to be figuring it out. Other than Giannis just deciding he was going to take over, what else changed early in that second half? I think they finally just realized the intensity level they needed to play at. And it's a situation that they uh, almost got burned with in game three. They fell behind by 15, turned it over on the first three possessions they had but they were able to to come back and win that game and I don't know if that gave them a false sense of security or what but um, the first half on on uh, Tuesday night was disappointing I mean there's no other way to put it It it's the lowest scoring half they've had in the postseason Um, their own players said they came out flat and when you're in a situation where you could have really put a chokehold on the Hawks and go up 3-1 heading back home no matter the injury situation, it's disappointing that you didn't do that. And, and you're right, they were starting to find some things. But even even when Giannis got hurt, they were down 10. So, I mean, it wasn't like uh, they can blame the loss totally on that injury. Oh, no. Okay, so Giannis gets hurt. We're all holding our breath. Um, do you have any idea how bad it is? I don't. Uh, we haven't heard anything from the Bucks today. They're scheduled to... Uh, address the media after four central and I don't know if they're going to just make one statement or if they're going to kind of go the Clippers route with Kawhi Leonard where they just say you know basically it's a mystery game to game Uh, I don't know how they're going to play this Uh, you know from having played the sport that 
a hyperextended knee is not good. Now, I've, I've done many games on radio where Giannis went down, and I thought, oh, my, he's really hurt. And he's a very tough guy who loves to play. So if there's any chance, even as a decoy, that he can go out there in game five, he will. This, this is not a guy that will milk an injury. But if he can't go, he can't go. So we'll find out more. Well, we, we, we definitely will. Um, why didn't Bud call a timeout sooner? He goes down. Everything is hush. They help him off the court. They just rolled out, start playing, and boom. Next thing you know, it goes from it was seven, then to ten, then to twenty. Why do you wait so long? Uh, fair question. Uh, I think that he would tell you that he likes to save those for the fourth quarter. Uh, but obviously, you can say, well, the, the game was slipping away in that juncture. I think he probably was like his team. He was he was shell shocked. He kind of got punched in the face with that Giannis injury, and it kind of takes him a while to respond. It's a hard one. It's a hard one, right? I mean, and it's almost like call one if that doesn't work, call another one, and the game was essentially over at that point. Let's say Giannis doesn't go. Um, obviously, it changes the role dramatically, not just for Chris Middleton, but 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 for Drew Holiday as well. What do you think the tweak that he can make into that game five, which becomes a pivotal game, what what tweak can he make to his lineup? Strangely, because of what I was talking about earlier, where they seem to play better when the expectations are lower, I think they're going to play well with or without Giannis in Game 5. They'll obviously yeah. have the, the home crowd supporting them. But to your direct question, uh, Middleton and Holiday are going to have to bear some of the responsibility. Look, Ian, you're giving up 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists per game, basically, uh, in Giannis. So it's, it's not going to be picked up by one player. You're not going to... Uh, put Jordan Wara in the starting lineup and everything is fine. It, it's it's going to be a team effort. Now, obviously, because you're going to have to elevate, if, if Giannis is out, you're going to have to elevate somebody to the starting lineup. That's going to reduce your bench strength. And the bench has been a question already with this team. So uh, I, I think it, it's going to be an interesting situation tomorrow night. Absolutely. Um, if they lose this series, is Mike Budenholzer back next year? I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think if they had lost the net series in ugly fashion, it would have been more clear-cut. I, I think going to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, being in the lead, you can say, until Giannis suffered the injury, uh, I think it gets muddier. He has two years left on his contract. Uh, I don't know what the ownership group is thinking. I do know this. This is an ownership group that uh, demands and expects excellence. And if they saw something they didn't like, uh, they won't be uh, reluctant to pull the trigger on something. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how he went from uh, it felt like he was safe. They're going to the finals, and then they they kind of lay an egg in the first half. Then they stabilize themselves. Then Giannis goes out, and now all of a sudden, all those questions all those questions pop back up. Hey, man, uh, great stuff, Dennis. We really appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing what this series is like. Uh, when we get to game five. You're welcome. Take care. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So Lakers are finalizing a deal to hire uh, David Fisdale. If you haven't heard my podcast with David Fisdale, download the All Ball podcast. I got a great two-parter with Fizz. Really, really amazing. Uh, of course, he, he tells the story in that pod about how he started as a video guy uh, out of college with the Miami Heat. And then he left. He went back to college as a coach, 
was then with the Atlanta Hawks and then got a full-time assistant job with the Heat when Eric Spolstra, who was the head video coordinator when he was like the assistant video intern, uh, uh, intern with, with the Heat, he came back and he was Spoh's assistant. So it's obvious that there's a, the relationship there he has with LeBron James is probably a major, and he's from Los Angeles, and he's been a two-time head coach, is a major component of why he will replace Jason Kidd on that staff. On that staff. But, you know, now the question becomes, and it's smart, right? You want somebody who the, uh, the players respect, who the players have been with, who the players think can help them win, and who the players have a relationship with. That, that's what it, it feels like. It feels like. The, the weird question is, I, there's, there's a couple parts to it, right? Like, this is interesting. Gavin, I'm going to sell you out a little bit. Gavin said to me earlier today, Bayer, well, Ty Lue's the best coach in the playoffs right now. He's the best. Right? That was, Gavin, am I, am I speaking out of turn? Oh, I said over Monty Williams, but I'd, I'd probably say that as well. Okay. I mean, Monty Williams' team actually has won three games, and the Clippers have won two games. So if we're going results-oriented, if you want to tell me it's without Kawhi, it's like, okay, the Suns technically didn't have Chris Paul for two games. Now they have had him for the last three, and they've been one and two with him. So that would be your... How, I guess here, how come... It's just me asking a question out loud. How come Frank Vogel has not get... Like, I've heard people say, well, Ty Lue, I mean, he got this, that. Like, Frank Vogel's team did win a championship last year, right? It did happen. He's been there two years. The one year they're healthy, they won a championship. And it's like nobody even mentions him. It's really amazing. And they were a great defensive team last year, which is coaching. I, I just think it's very, very interesting. And Vogel has not gotten contract extension, so I, I don't know what, what the plan is for Fisdale, but, but Fisdale is the hire. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Jeff Schwartz joins us. Uh, uh, Schwartz, you're in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, but you're also a native of Southern California. Uh, bigger fan, sunny weather or thunderstorms? Ooh, that's a good question. And we, by the time this interview's over, it's going to dump, like, it's about to thunderstorm very violently in Charlotte, like, right now. So it's funny you had this conversation. Um, I, I don't know. Like, 72 in an offshore breeze is hard to beat in, in Santa Monica. It, it really is. Well, not I, all, of us, not all of us grew up in Santa Monica, right? Some of us grew up in the hard streets of the barrio of uh, El Medina and Orange, right? Not everybody grew up in this incredibly plush where we had people serving us grapes, you know, as we laid on our back. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're welcome to your opinion. Certainly the, the grapes sometimes just weren't very good. It was, it was unacceptable. <laughs> um, Bayer, can I, do you think he'll know the answer to it? Okay. For sure. Do you, do you know the, he, he will, do you know the thunder and lightning counting thing and what it means? Yeah, something about, like, how many seconds away, it's how close it is. I don't really. I just look up at the sky, and I see dark gray crowd, uh, clouds, and I'm like, okay, well, it's about to rain soon. Okay, so is it, do you count the lightning and then the thunder, or do you count the thunder, then the lightning? Don't anybody else answer. I think you count the lightning first, and then the thunder next. He got it right. Why is that? 
I just heard you guys talking about it. it sounds <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, at least at least Jeff did. Gavin, different story. Uh, Gavin yeah. had no idea. <laughs> Gavin's like, Do you know, uh, guys, 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 guys. Point of of intelligence and brilliance here. It's because the light travels faster than sound. Thank you, Gavin. Gavin's sitting there giving me the finger across the country. Um, uh, Jeff, Jeff Schwartz joins us. Um, I do want to talk football with you, but before we do, uh, okay, Giannis tweaks his knee, but no structural damage. Do you let him go if he wants to go game five? Well, it depends on who you're asking, right? I mean, Kendrick Perkins is going to hold him out to make sure he's completely healthy. Um, yeah, you play him game five if he can play. Like, this is the Eastern Conference Finals. If he can play... You play him. There's no guarantee, by the way, that with him in the lineup, they're going to win anyways, right? So the idea is if you hold him back in game five and, you know, to play game six and seven, you've lost with him in the lineup. Last night, that was a pretty embarrassing first half on the Bucks, right? You, you come into that game knowing Trey Young's not going to play. You can then just shut the Hawks down right away, come out to a big lead, and, you know, basically say, hey, guys, you're not winning with Trey Young. They did the exact opposite thing, right? They're down 13 at halftime. Um, and they played a miserable first half. I play him if he's healthy, plain and simple. If he can play, he can play. You know, Trey Young last night couldn't play. Okay, don't play him. But if he could have played, they would have played him. I don't think it's that difficult of a decision to make. Well, we, we do this thing now in sports, especially in basketball, where they act like, like, a, like an ankle injury is going to lead to some other injury. Like your ankles hurt. Like it does not, if you ask, the, 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 if you ask the, the trainer or the doctor, like, could this progress into something worse? And they go, yes. Well, then that's different. But if you have a bone bruise and a sprained ankle, like it's either you can go or you can't go. It's not like there's all these other levels of catastrophic injuries that you can you can get because you have a sprained ankle. I would say that in very old players, sure. If your ankle's messed up, maybe something else. But Trey Young's 22 years old, isn't he? Or 21 right. or 19. Like he's fine. If he can play, he can play. It's not going to hurt his his right hamstring of his left ankle is is messed up. Like I just, I I don't know where we get these these comments from now, man. Like it's Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks are are, are two games away from being in a position no one believed. The Bucks people believe they I guess they could be here. Play if you can play. I, you know, the, the the no structural damage is is interesting to me. Um, I think just for Giannis, it depends on swelling, right? If, if the swelling can go down and he gets a good range of motion, he can probably go. But if the swelling is too much, and you know, then I understand him not playing in Game 5. Uh, Jeff Schwartz joining us live from a thunderstorm coverage uh, somewhere outside of Charlotte. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I got thunderstorm coverage here in Freiburg, Maine. It's sunny and breezy in uh, Santa Monica, where Jeff Schwartz grew up. And, of course, it's just sunny and hot where the boys are broadcasting. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, how, good is, how, how good is Ryan Ramchek, who just signed the biggest deal in the history of the sport for a right tackle? He's pretty good. I mean, he's he's up there in the top three guys. Um, you know, with my brother out now, probably up there as one of the top two guys. Uh, he's been solid for so many years. That Saints draft class was fantastic. Marshawn Lattimore, Trey Hendrickson, who just left. Um, uh, Williams, the safety as well, who's on the franchise tag. Uh, that's a monster draft class. And, you know, those draft classes are, are how you win Super Bowls. Obviously, now the quarterback's an issue there in, in New Orleans. But Ramchuk deserves this. 
He's been good from the beginning. Uh, I think he started end up at right tackle after, in week three his rookie season. They had um, Zach Strafe there, got hurt, and Ramchek came in, and they haven't looked back. And um, he deserves the money. And, look, every time someone gets paid, it's great because, because the next guy gets paid even more money and more money and more money, and um, everyone should deserve what they can get. Everybody should get what they deserve. I, 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 I get it. How difficult do you think it's going to be for the Buccaneers from this standpoint? I get that the division's down, but now all of a sudden the expectations are exponentially higher, and I don't know the level of motivation. Your brother was part of a team that nearly repeated. I'm just wondering your thoughts on team brings everybody back and what, what we should reasonably expect. I mean, you would think that in year two, things would be smoother, especially early in the season offensively. You know, if you remember last year, their offense was kind of a mess till the bye week. They had the latest bye week uh, of the season in week 13, and they ended up obviously not losing the game uh, the rest of the season. So I think offensively, they should start a little bit faster, a little bit in rhythm. You know, defensively, they returned everyone, obviously. Um, they added uh, the Joe Tryon kid from Washington, the draft. I think it was a, a big addition on the defensive line, kind of an aging defensive line. Um, I think the concern for them is is not so much motivation. Brady will have that for them. But just how, how, how healthy can they stay? You know, last season they were very healthy. We saw the Chiefs obviously beat up in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, how much is there going to be a push to, to be perfect to, to win every game versus making sure everyone's kind of ready to go for the playoffs. I think that's their biggest concern. With Tom Brady there, I, I think that there's no issue with kind of a Super Bowl hangover at all. Um, okay, but what about the idea of Tom Brady getting a year older? I mean, he dude looks like he's 23 years old. I mean, I'm sure there's some, some, some things he's had, he's had done to his face to help him out with that. Um, I haven't seen Tom Brady age on the football field very much. Look, can, can he do it? by himself? I mean, no. I don't know what quarterback can, but he can do enough in that offense to make it work. Um, until I see Tom Brady fall off a cliff, I'm, I'm not going to believe he can do it. At some point, it's going to happen, and maybe it's this year. Maybe it's just a gradual decline. Maybe he gets hurt, and, and that's the end of Tom Brady, but I haven't seen him slow down. Again, the offense does not run totally through him. right? 400 yards a game is not what you're going to get from Tom, but they have enough weapons to throw the ball deep, make enough plays. Their offensive line is really good, um, and Tom just has to, to be himself. It doesn't do anything more and, and be a hero and let the defense do their work. Defense is going to be good again. Jeff Schwartz joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, former eight-year offensive lineman in the league. Fox Sports Radio on Saturdays with Steve Hartman. Uh, okay, Cam Newton apparently now is going to have to fight for his job. I just The Cam Newton thing's interesting. He hadn't thrown a football well in like half a decade. He's had a couple of arm injuries. Uh, last year, obviously, he showed great leadership and toughness, but he couldn't throw a football. What's the likelihood he returns to anywhere close to his, his old form throwing this year? Probably not old form, but he was doing okay to start the season before he, he was out for a week with COVID. Remember that Seattle game? He looked really good at Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, one of the two, um, and then kind of went downhill from there. So I think he can do, again, I mean, you, is he going to be an elite quarterback in the NFL anymore? No. Can he do enough to get him to the playoffs? Probably, but he's not elite enough to, to win to win Super Bowl for them. I, I think he kind of gets him to the playoffs. It, it's probably the ceiling that uh, of this team. The question becomes when or if they go to Mac Jones because so you, you install a based offense, a base offense, right? That, that Mac Jones and Cam are both going to learn, and then you're going to install the Cam Noon package, right? The, the, the package that uses his legs 
and then uses all the plays off of that. You're not going to install that for Mac Jones. And you don't have as much time anymore to work on different things at practice. There's, there's limited practice time now, limited pad time, and limited time in the building, especially in the offseason. So New England's going to probably focus all their attention, I would imagine, on getting Cam Newton ready to play this season. If they switch to Mac Jones at some point, then it feels difficult to make that transition in the middle of the season because you got to throw out this Cam Newton package and basically install all these new plays that they benefit the way Mac Jones plays. So I think if Cam starts the year, they ride him out all season. If there's some issue where he doesn't win the job in camp, then Mac Jones has the job all season. I don't think that's going to happen. But you, I don't think you can be successful this year kind of threading the needle between both these guys. You either have to play Cam until the wheels fall off or start with Mac Jones. I I, I, I agree with you that, I mean, you in a way know way better, but it's going to be a different offense. I, I, I think it has to organically happen on its own. And I think it ultimately will. It's just nothing has shown us, not just that he can throw a football, but can do it for 17 weeks. Yeah, like 17 I, weeks, we, we can't really, we haven't prepared for. Yeah, I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to be a very scheme based offense that relies a lot on their revamped offensive line, relies on a lot of the run game, screen game, play action pass, quick passing game. You know, they're not going to be a team that's built to come from behind. If they're behind in games, that's not what they're going to do best. Uh, if they stay ahead of the chains on offense, you know, defense, like they're getting guys back, should be improved. Hope to see some development in some of the, the, the younger players obviously added a lot in free agency. There's one way they can win most often. That's that way. It's really hard in the NFL to be one-dimensional. Um, but Cam, I think, can do enough if you keep him off balance with some of the play-action pass. But again, if you get behind 14 points early in the fourth quarter, that, that's not the offense to, to have you come back in that game. No, 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 no. Do you think Tua takes a step and solidifies himself in Miami? Well, he better. I mean, they're, they're counting on him uh, to do that. Um, I'm interested to see in, in a new offense what, uh, what he can do. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about Chan Gay last year kind of not tailing the offense to him. I mean, there's been some comments from Tua that um, I'm not concerned about them, but, you know, the idea of, of he said he really didn't kind of didn't get things last year. And that brought us to terms. And the question becomes, why was that, right? Was that he didn't get it because it just was too complicated. Like, they, they, they just didn't give him a good system to learn. Did he not get it because he didn't really understand how to prepare his approach? He just didn't get it because he doesn't get it, right? The, the, the middle one is, is, is happens, right? You're a young player. Don't quite understand what it takes to study and learn and prepare each week. And that takes time. And that should be corrected in year two. But if it's the, the last one, which is he just doesn't get it. And that's the concern, obviously, right? I like the addition of Waddle. I think with Tua's skill set to throw the ball kind of the short, intermediate routes is a great addition. They've continued to improve their offensive line. Uh, look, their defense is going to take a step back. It's not going to be as good last year. And they're not going to win games. And they had that stretch in the middle of the season where they were forcing a defensive touchdown or special touchdown almost four weeks in a row. You're not going to have that this year. So a lot more will be on Tua to win games for them. Stud Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of the one and only Jeff Schwartz. May the Schwartz be with you. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, bud. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with Janelle Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. <clears throat> a lot of good stuff going on here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Most of it we can share with you. Some of it we can't. Hope you understand. These are jokes, people. Um, really good news in the NBA. Really good. Though he's now listed as doubtful, no structural jam- damage to Giannis Antetokounmpo's left knee. Awkward landing last night. Ligaments are sound. Timetable for return is unclear. Got to scare. Got to scare. It's why... It's why I've never... What's that doctor that... uh, What's that doctor that he does... He does the basic, like... He watches stuff on TV and on Twitter. And then he makes his determination as to... Is it Dr. Chow? What did he say... Can somebody search his Twitter account and see what he said at the injury? Like, I just don't think you can do that. Every, every body is different, and the reaction to certain movements is different. Had my knee bent that way, it probably would have been really bad news. But that's not my knee, right? He that's said that the knee. rest of his playoffs would be over based off what he saw. Yeah, I mean, you have no idea to examine somebody. Now, sometimes you just you see a knee pop out of sock. You see a leg broken in half. You're like, ooh, yeah, that hurts. That's, but I th- I truly think you have no idea, none, none. I didn't think it was an ACL, but part of that was I just wouldn't allow myself to go there. But part of it was there wasn't the. <coughs> it didn't look like it buckled the way that people. I Reggie Miller was like. Uh, it buckled like it didn't buckle, Reggie. That's not what buckling is. Well, you know, if you can walk, that's actually walking doesn't mean that you didn't tear your ACL. Some guys jog off and it turns out they tore their ACL. There's a lot to it. So it's really hard to determine. I think they dodged a bullet, but they may have to survive at least part or maybe the rest of this series without him. But that's not always a bad thing. Just not. This was Dennis Crow, Dennis Cros, uh, Crosby from um, 
the Bucks radio network on life without Giannis. They seem to play better when the expectations are lower. I think they're going to play well with or without Giannis in game five. They'll obviously yeah. have the, the home crowd supporting them. But to your direct question, uh, Middleton and Holiday are going to have to bear some of the responsibility. Look, Ian, and you're giving up 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists per game, basically, uh, in Giannis. So it's it's not going to be picked up by one player. You're not going to uh, put Jordan Wara in the starting lineup and everything is fine. It, it's it's going to be a team effort. Now, obviously, because you're going to have to elevate, if, if Giannis is out, you're going to have to elevate somebody to the starting lineup. That's going to reduce your bench strength and the bench has been a question already with this team so uh i think it, it's going to be an interesting situation tonight there's there's no question it's going to be interesting to see how it changes everything it changes i think Giannis being listed as doubtful helps them because now if you're atlanta you gotta you gotta prepare for if Giannis plays you don't know how he'll play if he doesn't play you really don't know right you know, obviously they can go small sum with Connaughton and Forbes and Drew Holiday and Chris Milton and, you know, maybe even P.J. Tucker or Bobby Portis starting at the five. But when you have a guy that dominates the ball that much, I think there is a portion of you that says like, hey, you know, they could this could be kind of a good th- a little bit of a good thing in the in a very short term for a team that didn't have great energy. They did not come out with great energy last night. There's just no other way to say it. They just didn't. And and none of us have any idea what type of energy they'll come out with, although it would it would you'd seem to be better. The the one difference for Milwaukee as opposed to Atlanta cuz both have lost guys that dominate the basketball. Giannis though is so versatile defensively. Like I don't know if there's any one position he's really great at guarding defensively, but he can guard all of them. Whereas for Atlanta, you take Trey Young out, and you're immediately going to be better defensively. So for both teams, the ball moves quicker. The difference is defensively, it's a loss for the Bucks as opposed to uh, a plus for Atlanta. Plus for Atlanta. All right, we also have a game tonight. Right? Could this be the last game of the Clippers season? I thought this was really interesting. Okay, so yesterday we were talking about the immediate reaction to Paul George having a spectacular, absolutely spectacular um, game what was a game five, a great game five. He missed only five out of he's fifteen out of twenty from the field. Completely dominated the game, and you had everyone else going like, "You need to go on a people need to go on an apology tour for what they said about Paul George." I was like, "Did did people not remember that he was bad the night before?" Take take a listen. This is in sequential order. Yesterday afternoon, I said this about the critique of the critics about critical comments about Paul George. When you make $35, $40 million a year, when you hold franchises hostage over where you're going to go, and then when your superstar player goes down with injury and more is thrust, you're going to get more shots, you're going to get more looks, you're going to get more points, and if you play well, like yesterday, you get more adulation. And if you play poorly, you get more criticism. This is the way it works, you idiots. We don't do the participation trophy. When you're 30 years old, you're making $35 million a year. You're a professional. And you know, people are like, well, Paul George is one of the top five players in the NBA. What? No, he's not. He's not the best player in his team. He's the fourth best player in the city. 
All right, so let's now take a listen, okay, to Charles Barkley last night. Everybody's gotten criticized. This false narrative. I'm hearing these jackasses on television talking about uh, somebody gets scrutinized more than other people. Give me a freaking break. I got drafted with Michael Jordan. I remember when he was going up, when he put that 63 on the Celtics. Yeah, he's a great individual player, but he hasn't won the championship. They've always said that about me. Paul George is a terrific player, but that goes with being a terrific player. And these other guys talk about he gets treated unfairly. Give me a freaking break. I mean, I wish I could say I couldn't say it better myself, but I think I did say it better myself. Nah, Charles said it better. He's got a better voice. It comes from more credibilities. He's pretty good. How do we get to this place? So, so then, what happens if he plays crummy tonight? Like, right? Like, what, 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 what happens if he plays poorly tonight? Then what? Are those same guys gonna go like, yeah, my bad. He's not that good. It's just so bizarre how we, uh, it's so bizarre how we have to how we cover this thing. What do you What do you think, Adam? It, it feels like to me like if. If Ben Simmons goes to a new team next year and has a good playoff game and all of his teammates get all mad about all these slander on Ben Simmons, it, it's deserved based off his past. And it's the same thing with Paul George. You've had bad playoff series in the past. And because you're doing great now, we can't just negate what's happened in the past. So that's all the criticism has been has been about when you are labeled a star you are going to get the appropriate treatment. That's what you said. That's what Charles said. And yeah, I, just, to, I, to I don't much get is it. Given, to whom much is given, more is expected. Uh, that's the old, that's, that's the uh, kind of cliche adage. But it's accurate. You know? You're not judged the same. If you're, it's, you're judged based upon how much you make. And Now, if you want to tell us he's the top, here's the, here's the key in what I think people are missing. Okay. What keeps him from being a top five, top ten scorer, you know, top ten, five, top five player, is not what he can do. It's that he can't do it consistently. That's it. And you're having people saying, well, he scored 20 points in however many great games. Like, he's, he, he's taking more shots. He's playing more minutes than anybody, you know? If you're playing 45 minutes a game and you're, you're, and you're the go-to player, you're going to take more shots. You're going to score more points. You just are. Just the nature of the sport. More possessions equal more points and more shots. And it's not like they're playing around you. They're playing through you. I don't know. Does it also feel like between Paul George and Damian Lillard, they're spending a lot of time on the Internet and what people are saying about them? Well, that, that's really the thing. Do you have that Paul George cut? I thought that was super interesting. Super interesting. You know, th- this, is, this is Paul George on, on the haters, as they say. Do you feel like, you know, sometimes people pick on you a little bit more than, say, other stars? Um, I do. It's, it's the honest truth. But um, I can't worry about that. It comes with the job. You know, I still try to go and dominate whether I'm shooting the ball well or, sh- or not shooting the ball well. I'm beyond that. I am who I am. Um, and so it is what it is. They can judge me on what they want to. That, don't, that part don't matter to me. I'm going to go out there and hoop and give everything I got. And no one's disputed that you hoop or you give everything you got. He's obviously been tight some games and played poorly and made some uncharacteristic plays, and then he's made some unbelievable plays as well. 
But this, this is what happens when you react to social media and you think that all people feel the way that social media plays. And that's all it is, the social media play. Because in social media, you're the best, you're the worst, you're the best, you're the worst. There's no real balance there. There's nobody going like, hey, you know, they had a bad game. You have to take the, the, the sum of all of it. Can, can you take over a game? Yes. Can you dominate? Can you play? Can, can you be a major factor in winning on both ends of the floor? Can you make others better around you? Can you do so consistently? There's no room for nuance when you're using social media. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, let's welcome in Mr. Michael Lee. Of course, he writes and works for the Washington Post. He covers the NBA. And um, when, when you heard the news, when you heard the news that Giannis, no structural damage to his knee, what'd you think? Um... Is he going to play again this series still? I mean, you know, I think that was great news that he's not, you know, damaged, you know, for next season. But I still want to know when he'll be available for this season because I'm sure he's still dealing with swelling and mobility and pain uh, in that knee. Um, I think just watching that last night, I was just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, not again. How, how, how awful can this postseason be? Um, you know, we talk about injuries and we talk about just the randomness and just – the flukiness of a lot of these these situations, but it's all happened like in the last month where we've just seen so many great players go down with injuries. So until I see a timetable for his return and until I see him on the court, I'm still just scratching my head, just wondering why we've been given a postseason where every big star has gotten hurt. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I I don't know the answer to it. I just I know everybody's easy default is hey shortened off season. And this is what happens, but like Trey Young sprained his ankle and he didn't play in the bubble. So he hadn't played in a long time. Right? Um, you, Kawhi Leonard, uh, he, somebody banged into him. That, that's why he tore his knee. Like that's what happened with Giannis last night. He got tangled up. Like those aren't fatigue, yeah. wear and tear injuries. It, it feels like we're, we're taking the easy, the easy route to go like, ah, they're all tired. That's why. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not credit. I'm not saying that it's because of this season that they're hurt. It's just the fact that this season they're all getting hurt um, that we're they're making a um, you know, making it an issue. You know, every year we talk about injuries, and every year you can look at the champion and, and look at the injured team that they beat to get to the title. You know, um, you look at the Warriors and their championships. Um, they got pretty fortunate. You know, when you think about the injuries that that you know came their way. If you look at you know, 2015 from, you know, not having Kyrie and Kevin Love in that series, the 2017, the Kawhi getting hurt in that uh, Western Conference Finals, the 2018, um, you know, to uh, Chris Paul pulling his hamstring, you know, so it was just injury after injury, and they've been able to get through, but we know them as champions. So whoever comes up out of this out of this year as a champion, we'll know them as the champion, especially down years down the road. We won't remember all these injuries, but those of us who know, know that, Every champion, everybody that's gone through this road, it's tough. It's hard. It takes a lot of luck. It takes a health, and it takes a lot of factors to be a champion. And I think a lot that's what's made the whole rings culture so upsetting to me is that everyone acts like, well, he didn't win at all. Yeah, but there are a lot of things that go into winning at all. You know, Kevin Durant probably should still be playing, but if he had two injured teammates that kept him from advancing, is it because he's not a great player or is it because he just had some bad luck surrounding him? 
And that's why we have to just admire the greatness of everybody that's out there and appreciate them for what they give us. All right. Well, where are you in the, the Paul George thing? You know, it's like look, I, when he plays great, he plays great. But there's just such ups and downs. Yeah. There are members of our media brethren who want to call out people for pointing out when Paul George plays poorly and only want to point out when he plays well. It's like, look, he was 5 of 20 two games ago, and last game he's 15 of 20. Like, we're not allowed <laughs> to say that he's 5 of 20. Like, he did miss the two free throws. He went and they ran a play. They get him the ball specifically to get him two free throws because he's an 87% free throw shooter. He misses them both. It's not his fault that the ball goes out of bounds. They give up the alley-oop, but if he made the two free throws, it's a totally different game. Like, I, I don't really understand the, the, the need to not be critical of guys that that's the position they're in if they want to be a superstar is if you don't play well, we say you don't play well. Yeah, I, I think that there is a line, though, too. I think, you know, you, you every criticism that you put out there was valid. I think with Paul George, a lot of the things go a little too far, especially when people, like, call him Pandemic P or whatever else you want to refer to him as. You know, um, you know I think that every great player, anybody who's worth anything, is going to be criticized. But I think when it comes to social media, talking head TV shows, the level of um, the volume is a lot higher than it used to be. And I think that, you know, for, to some, some extent, you even devalue his, his, you know, credibility as a player. Like you sit back and you hear all these criticisms and you, and you go, was he even any good? <laughs> and then you look at the numbers and say he scored 20 points in 18 straight games and only Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Kobe Bryant have done that in the postseason. Um, you know, I think when you start seeing those kind of numbers, you start seeing this level of production, it's not that you say, well, don't just throw out the throw the bad games out. Um, but I think you also got to have some, you know, reverence for just what he's actually producing. And I think that's what's happening with all the negative stuff that's been piling on for him. Some of it's self-inflicted. I mean, he's the one that gave him the name playoff P. So <laughs> when you do that and you have a bum game, then you're going to, you know, get, get lit into it. Everybody's going to have fun with that. But um, But I think that in some ways, it's taken away from the fact that he's done a lot to me. I feel to um, you know rebuild his reputation, which has sort of really veered you know sideways ever since he left um, Indiana. Um, but I think that I, any criticism for a great player is fair. But I think that with social media and a lot of other factors, uh, it's gone over the line. I think with Paul George, I think that that last part is the fair part. I think it's just the overreaction to social media. Right, you're giving a voice to people who are they, they don't really deserve a voice. And yet, for some reason, we react to it and, and they don't do it like on TNT or ESPN. Like I, it drives me crazy. These like E! News, right, for entertainment. They'll like, well, this is what this is what social media thought of Britney Spears case. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. why are we why are we putting that on TV? Give me somebody with some credibility. Now, the other issue is some people with credibility don't always say things that make any sort of sense. But, oh, OK, let, let's get into tonight. There is this sense that the Suns had their best opportunity to beat the Clippers and end, this, end their season going back two nights ago. How much pressure do you think is on the Suns to win tonight? There's pressure, but they still have Game 7 at home, um, and they still have a depleted Clippers team. You know, they're still the healthier, healthier bunch. But I think that if there's anything that you can see from, you know, this postseason is that you better handle your business while you can – because you never know what could happen. You never know when an injury is going to beset you. You know, I go back to just the Brooklyn series in the last round. They had a chance to go up 3-0 on the, on the, on the Bucks, and they blew that game in the last seconds because Bruce Brown thought he could just go superhero 
and he sure. missed a couple of shots that he shouldn't have taken. But they lose they lose that game, and then Kyrie gets hurt in Game Four, which meant that they had to win two games without Kyrie, and they couldn't do it. So I think that that's what you have to sort of say if you're the Phoenix Suns is that you don't get a lot of opportunities to close the team out, and you can't just take these chances for granted. Um, especially when you got a team like the Clippers that's so resilient. So I think that I don't know if that was their best chance. I think they could, they've proven they can win in L.A., so they can go out there and close them out tonight. Um, but you just don't want to keep giving the other team chances to, to beat you, but also give your team <laughs> you know, give your team a chance to lose somebody who's really important that may wind up costing you a championship. No, that's that's a that's a great point. Which is which though is why I would say yes. Should the Suns have tried to I mean, close things out? But the, the further, the longer this goes, I mean, they don't have three of their rotation players. At some point, fatigue and reality sets in for the Clippers. Could they do it? Yeah, but, I mean, you don't have Ibaka Zubach or Kawhi Leonard. Boy, that's it. You're asking a lot of those. You're asking a lot of Reggie Jackson. DeMarcus Cousins was great in limited time. I don't know if you can get that out of him over the next two games. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that Paul George was gassed at the end, too. I think that they were just – they were thrown for a loop. They didn't really know what to do without, you know, Zubac there. They can't, They clearly weren't prepared uh, for for the um, Clippers going small. But they've had a chance to sort of watch film and, and figure out how to attack that now. They'll know what they need to do. They'll know how to really utilize Aiton and maybe have him, you know, have a, be more of a focal point. Maybe he, he can actually take advantage of his size. Or maybe they go small themselves and try to just spread the floor and just try to play the Clippers game. I mean, I think uh, Monty Williams is a smart enough coach that he's willing to make the adjustments and do whatever it takes. But I just don't think that they were ready to to see what the Clippers have for them. And I don't think they expected the Clippers to be that resilient um, in that setting on the road. And uh, But now they know what they're up against. And I think the pressure, if there's pressure on anybody to me, I think the pressure's on Chris Paul. I think it's really on him to step up. And, and be the guy that everybody's talking about. You know, they won the first two games without him, and everybody's acting like he was the reason why they won the two games without him. Well, since he's been back, they're one and two. <laughs> they, they've lost two games with Chris Paul on the floor, and he hasn't played well since he's been back. So I think if they want to close, they need Chris Paul to be that leader. They need this guy to get to the finals. He wants to get to the finals for the first time. This is his chance to go out there and play at the level. Everyone says he's the greatest. People want to say he's up there with Magic and Isaiah and Steph. Well, this is your chance to go out there and do it. And I think he has to do it because if they go one in three with Chris Paul, then it's like, wait, wait, you just disrupted what we had. And um, But I think he's got to come through and deliver because this is the moment he's been waiting for his whole career. And I think the pressure's on him to step up and do it. Do you think he will? I think he will, yeah. Because I think that, you know, he knows what it – he knows he might not have many op- more opportunities to, to be in this situation. Um, he is older. Um, you know, and this year is sort of one of those years where the window is wide open and you got to really jump through because you don't know who's coming back next year, who's going to be healthy, who's going to be angry and motivated to make up for what's been a disappointing year as it relates to injuries. So this is your ch- chance to come in and snatch one, and you better grab it while it's there because, like I said, these opportunities don't always present themselves. Mr. Michael Lee joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I mentioned Mr. Michael Lee because that's his Twitter handle, at Mr. Michael Lee on social media. He writes for the Washington Post. He joins us. Um, okay, let's let, let's go bigger picture a, a little bit. Um, the, the Portland deal. Um, Lillard, at first, wanted Chauncey Billups. Obviously, wasn't the only guy. The city pushes back. 
and I don't know if it's because Becky Hammond didn't get the job or because of, or, or legitimately because of this, you know, 20-plus-year-old story with, with Chauncey Billups, but now he seems to be kind of distancing himself from it. What's your take on what happens next in Portland? I just think they bungled everything, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the hiring and then also the introduction. Um, I think that, you know, this is a situation that needs to be taken seriously and needs to be addressed, you know, um, in a manner that could be satisfying for some people. Um, I think Chauncey was willing to do it. There was a question that was asked uh, for him to ex- explain. You know, he said that he, you know, uh, he, he, he grew from that situation. I think that if you ask the question and allow him to answer that, maybe he reveals something that will give people pause as the way, oh, you know what, now I see why Portland wanted to hire him. Now I see how he was able to mature to the point where now he's here and he, he's about to become a head coach. Um, if you if they had given him a chance to speak, because Chauncey Billups can do it, you know he's he's proven that he's he's been at this for a long time. He knows how to talk about himself and explain himself, and I think he was prepared to to do that. But when you put up a wall and say trust us and this is how it's going to be and you know we know what we're doing and you know back off, then you start looking like there's something that you're hiding and you you start to really create a distrust. And I think that's the one thing with like Neil O'Shea. I mean he's been in this position you know, for a while, they haven't won a championship and like you haven't earned their trust, you know? So to just be that dismissive of this and be dismissive of, you know, a very serious case and not allowing Chauncey, who's a man who's capable, capable man, he's capable of handling and speaking for himself. Let him do it. Let him try to say whatever needs to be said. And I realize that I don't know what he could have said that would have made anybody change their opinion about him, but at least give him a chance and then, and then move on from it. But when you allow it to hover and, and kind of linger, now you're just putting this his whole his whole start, you know, and, and have a cloud over him. You're not even trying to address the fact that <clears throat> whatever happened, um, you know, been, you know, whether something happened or not, um, what has he been over the last 20 years? What has he proven to say that this is the right guy for us at this moment as an organization? Just, you know, try to sell Chauncey in a way that makes people understand why you hired him and not just say, just trust us because we know what we're doing. That's just not acceptable, and especially in this situation. I just thought that they they really gave Chauncey a, a rough start when it shouldn't have been that way because if you talk to people in league circles and people who work with him, who know him, and have dealt with him for a long time, they'll talk about his character, they'll talk about you know his leadership, they'll talk about all the things that he brings to any organization that he's a part of, and it'll mostly be positive. I don't know anybody that's worked with him or knows him that can say a bad word about him. And if that's the case, why would you try to protect him or shield him from being the guy that everybody likes? I don't know. It was it was weird. It was super weird. Like he he didn't have any problem with the question, and then they jumped in. And it's classic case of like a a PR. We got to do our job here. Like actually, you don't just lay that back in the cut, and we'll let you know if we need you. He's a grown-up, sure. you know? He's, he's a grown-up, he, and he, he can say, I don't want to talk about it. He can also say that himself. Yes. You know, like, this is a grown man who's, you know, been at this yeah, for a long I, time, and he was open to doing it. And, and maybe he, maybe he should have just said, hey, no, I got it. I mean, let me yeah. answer the question and just, and just address it himself. Um, he probably regrets the fact that he didn't jump out there and, and just, you know, just say, it, say what he needed to say right in that moment. Because I think that the longer you allow this thing to linger and you don't address it head on, the yep. more you're going to just raise more questions and more doubt among fans about who you are as a, as a man and who you are as a man leading this organization. 
Does Dame play for the Trailblazers next year? Um, not if they don't get him help. You know, I think a lot of people were talking about the coach. Chauncey Billups is still a rookie coach. He's never done this before. Um, if they don't get him an all-star sidekick, if they don't get him, you know, talent that's up to a championship level, then yeah, he he'll be he'll be gone. Because um, the ho- the coach is not going to be the final end all be all. Um, they're still the same team they were last year, and unless they can upgrade the talent, then I think Damian Lillard will look elsewhere. And I think that's the thing that people aren't really uh, paying attention to. Like, yeah, the coach is fine, but if this is the same roster you're rolling out there, Chauncey Billups can't work miracles. All they can do is what he can do, and they're not winning a championship with that team. You know, you know, the, the Lakers hired Fizz today um, because like they it. lost they, they lost J- Jason Kidd. Obviously, he has a relationship with LeBron. He's been a head coach two times over. He's he's an LA guy. I'm led to believe they may be making some more changes with staff as well. Um, what do they do to adjust their roster? I'm like, Schroeder's not back, no way. What do they do to fix their roster? Uh, man, they, they don't have a lot of options, right? They don't have a lot of money available. Um, but I think that Rob Lincoln will try to do what he can. I mean, they made moves last summer that I think everybody universally applauded. You know, the Schroeder move, everyone's like, great, it's an upgrade. Gasol, that was great. Um, the thing about the Lakers, too, is that people will want to play there. They'll want to play with LeBron. They'll want to play with AD. Some of the veterans who are going to be ring chasing and just want an opportunity to uh, to win one, they're going to join the Lakers. So the fact is that they're still a championship team as long as AD and LeBron are healthy. And so they'll find talent. Um, it's just a matter. They have to be very creative because there aren't a lot of means to, to upgrade their talent just through the, um, you know, um, you know, to like the draft or anything. Like they're going to have to go out there, make trades, and hope that some free agent uh, will take a lot less money to come earn a chance to get a ring. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Holding on to THT was why they didn't trade for Kyle Lowry. That appears to be a mistake. I, I don't think the Schroeder acquisition was a mistake, but Schroeder anointing himself as a starting point guard and then following through with it, I thought that was a mistake. Um, and then... You know, I, I, I don't think Montrez Harrell was, was a help at all. I think the Clippers benefited greatly from getting him off their, their right. roster. I felt like he played a little bit too much. So there's, there's some room to maneuver there. And they were still a very good team if they were healthy, but that's a very big if. Uh, last thing, who wins tonight? Suns, Clippers. Uh, I say the Suns close it out. I, I, I just think that Devin Booker's going to come out and have a great game. Um, you know, he's going to be ready to close. And again, like I said, I think Chris Paul understands what's at stake and the fact that he has a chance to really do something that he's never done before in his career and he can do something to really, uh, you know, make this season a special one for him and Monty Williams. I, I think he's going to have a big performance. And I just, I just think the Clippers are gassed. I just don't know if they have enough left in the tank. I would, I tend to agree with you. Great stuff, man. Really appreciate you joining us. That's Mr. Michael Lee. Reads work in the Washington Post. Follow him on social media. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts